Hello and welcome back to OT Talk with Mr. T, the show where we talk how to live in a more functional and independent manner with the use and through the lens of an occupational therapist with my own tips, advice, suggestions, devices, and the like from my own personal life and my own personal experience. We've talked a lot about different for the loves of, for the love of this, for the love of that. So we have a couple of more coming up. Today, tonight, we're going to talk about for the love of food. If you're like me or you're like my wife out there and you're listening and you love food, it's a it's a wonderful thing to be involved in. It's a wonderful thing to use food, to cook food, and to enjoy food. But make sure that you're not just food for the sake of food. There's a famous phrase, a famous quote I remember hearing many years ago. I don't remember from where. Maybe it was from a sage or from a commentator, especially maybe a Jewish commentary. But it says, do you live to eat or do you eat to live? Again, very important quote and phrase to understand in our own lives. Do you live to eat or do you eat to live? Meaning you could you could enjoy eating, you could enjoy food, and you could be cognizant and be appreciative of the fact of the amazing aspect of food, but don't live to eat. It shouldn't be that your whole existence, your whole mindset, your whole purpose in life is just to eat. That's a very sad existence. And what happens if you have to fast? Or what happens if, uh, God forbid, you lose your sense of smell or taste like the crazy pandemic going around, which is one of the side effects that current research has shown? And what happens if you just are nauseous? Or what happens if, God forbid, someone you know gets sick? Or you, God forbid, get a cold or something and you just can't taste or enjoy food? If your whole life is just to eat food, what is life really about? And nobody says that you can't blog about food and write about food and judge food like all these wonderful cooking shows a lot of us watch like my wife and I started Chopped very interesting show but if that's the only thing they do with their life nothing else and they literally live to judge others and criticize others on their food what kind of a life is that? it's heavenly in Hebrew it's it's transitory it's nothingness it's futile and, and nothingness so we want to make sure when we talk about food we're talking about it in the right manner in the right aspect for the love of food yes I love food my wife and I love food and we love to get different types of food and experiment with food. And, and my wife is really good at writing about food and reviewing food. But it's not the whole reason d'attart of our whole living, if I said that correctly. It's not the whole meaning of our life and meaning of our existence. It might be one post on Facebook. It might be one post on a blog. But it's not the whole essence of our being. We will eat to live. Eating. Excuse me. Eating is a function of our life, is a function of a need. It's something we need to refuel ourselves, but it's not the only fuel in our life. It's something we need to use. And with that intro, with that caveat, I want to talk about the wonderful aspect of food. It takes me back to college when I was a psych major, and I thought to myself, if I redid college, if I, if I went back in time and I could choose a different major, you know what major I probably would have chosen instead? sociology very interesting sociology the study of society the study of culture psychology study of the mind of the person but in sociology we were able to to, to have um different aspects and i and i took a couple of classes i should have just minored in sos because it was fascinating to me one of them was sociology of gender one of them was sociology of food sociology of food fantastic thinking how different aspects of the world 
Different areas in the world have different types of food. You ever wonder why if you go to Asia or you go to uh, China, Japan, they have different staples. They have very different types of food. Some of them might seem very gross to us. But it's a different society, different amount of money, different amount of people is in the, is in their culture and their society. And a big staple in their culture might be rice and might be uh, this or that. And, and over here in America, we might love burgers and we might love meat and chicken. But you go elsewhere, you go to the Middle East, you go to Israel. They have the Israeli cell, they have the hummus and they have the tahina and they have matbucha. And they have all these other interesting spices and dips and types of food. And then you go all over the world, I'm sure in Africa and I'm sure in in South America and in Australia, New Zealand, all over the world. And if Iceland and, and, and Antarctica, which is not inhabitable, but if it did have people, they would each have different foods, indigenous and special, to their own countries. It's fascinating because in that class, we learned how each culture brings its own flavor, brings its own element to food. How many thousands of cooking shows are there out there? Because the idea of food is so basic to our needs, basic to our life. How many how many different cookbooks are there out there? We actually just got a new cookbook based on a blog, Peas, Love, and Carrots, a fantastic Jewish blog, a really cool um, situation, a really cool movement that started from um, this cookbook author, this Danielle Renov, and she's among many different cookbooks and many different cooks like Jamie Geller and Fishbine, Susie Fishbine, and many, many, many. I don't even know all their names. And there's so many of them out there, but this cookbook is actually like really cool. It's like nice pages, nice pictures. It's almost like cookbooks and almost can be art in a way. You know, when they when they lay it out nicely and they explain how to do a recipe for you. Very cool. And the idea of food is also fascinating to me because for me, I was never I never grew up cooking. You know, I never had an interest and I never really practiced or anything in my own home. My mom made everything and I wasn't really in the kitchen. I didn't really, really go in the kitchen. Maybe I should have expressed interest all all fault of myself in order to practice. I should have really got hands-on experience, but in the beginning when we got married, my wife started out and then one day she was very, very tired and I saw very overwhelmed and I said, I'm going to take over. I had no experience in the kitchen. So obviously in the beginning, it was very hit and miss, very kudos to my wife for bearing for whatever I made. But over time, thank God, I got much better at cooking because cooking and food is something that you could train yourself to do. It's something you could train yourself to be better in your own life if you see... If you have a husband and kids or you have a wife and kids or you have a family of friends and it's too much for you or too much for the other person, it's too hard for them to cook, it's really not that hard. I could tell you from personal experience how independent and how functional it could be when you do it in the right way. And I'm going to talk to you another night, maybe tomorrow night, about kitchen appliances and how they're fascinating and how you, different kitchen appliances that I use are really helpful and really time-saving and really fascinating. When we redid our kitchen, we tried to lay it out in a better way. So we have a box. It's like between 10 to 12 feet by 10 to 12 feet, which is considered not the smallest type of kitchen in America, but definitely not the largest. It's like small, medium, smallish, medium. And the way we laid it out, thank God, I think, with the help of our uncle from Enterprise Wood Products, was really fascinating, really fantastic, an amazing, amazing kitchen designer. We'll talk about it more maybe tomorrow night about the appliances. But the way we laid it out, we also talked about it last season, is, thank God, a much more functional way. And if you have your kitchen, you're able to lay it out in a certain way. We have the the three quarters of the counter space is, and of course, we don't have thousands of feet of counter space, but... Three quarters of the area, I would say, is meat, 
because we have meat and dairy for the Jewish way of life, and then one quarter is dairy. And we tried to keep the dairy stuff by the dairy counter, and we tried to put the meat stuff on the other counters, and then we tried to lay out how we put stuff away in our cabinets, our pantries, in such a way that it's more functional, more independent. When you think about food, you think about preparing food, it can be a chore, it could seem difficult, it could seem hard, but practice really makes perfect. In the beginning, I never used recipes. Now I use recipes. My least favorite part actually is cleaning up. I hate doing dishes. I do the dishes, but I hate doing dishes. So for me, a lot of times I'll listen to my podcasts or music or the like and be involved in such things like that. But food itself is a very comforting thing. It's a really cool thing. And the nachat, the benefit, the, the pleasure I get when I see the look on my wife's face of meal she really enjoys, really likes, or when I actually see my kids devouring it because they're very picky eaters, I get such nachat. Hebrew word for pleasure, benefit. I get such I get such enjoyment out of seeing what they eat. It's such a wonderful feeling to be able to cook for your family, for my wife and three kids. Kanan har bar Hashem. Thank God. And if they enjoy it, they like it. It's really such a wonderful feeling. It's really wonderful. Food has such a way. You know, I, I would say that my wife and I are foodies. A lot of times we'll cook things, and we have this wonderful J Chef. We talked about the dinner in a box many times. Our version is the kosher version of J Chef. They literally send us the raw ingredients. Usually they send the, the recipes and we make it voila. They usually give us a main dish and a side dish, whether it be vegetables or rice or, or noodles or something like that. They try to make it hearty. They try to make it a full plate. And we get the J-Chef for the week. We pay a price and we get usually two meals out of it. We usually do like, let's say, Wednesday, Thursday or Tuesday, Wednesday. One night will be leftovers. Two nights we try to do J-Chef. Two nights I try to figure out something. The other night we made steak. I made steak, but it depends on what we do. Depends on how I want to cook. But this J Chef is fantastic, and of course, many times we'll order from restaurants. A lot of times we s- support local businesses, especially during the crazy pandemic of 2020 that's still going on. You got to support local, local, local. And depending on what we we order it on the phone, or we order it by calling, or or online through Uber Eats or the like, and and they deliver it. It's such a fascinating way. Food can be brought to us in so many ways. They also have delivering besides for that. They have curbside. They also have takeout. And, you know, foodie groups are out there if you want. There are cookbooks. We really love to use things like that. We're going to talk to hopefully tomorrow night about the different kitchen appliances. We'll talk about the microwave convection oven combination, which was probably one of the best products I've ever had. Probably one of the best hacks, one of the best solutions ever offered when I called an appliance store. And I love the oven. We'll talk about that. But there are just certain dishes. There are just certain foods, certain recipes that really hit home. Some foods I talk about a lot. My comfort, my special snack, my special food, the candy, the sour belt, mini pieces, and my pomegranate seeds, our pomegranate seeds. When we sit and read, that's one of my favorite things. It's a comfort. It gives me enjoyment. And nachat on Shabbat, on Shabbos, on Friday night. I love that. Blintzes I love. One of my favorite foods. Some chickens are really good. I'm much more a chicken person than a meat person, which is good because when the dinner in a box, J-Chef comes... Most times it's chicken, sometimes it's meat. The other night they gave us a meatball recipe that was out of this world. We loved it. And the idea of food, as cookbooks explain, especially the one we're reading now, the peas, love, and carrots, some of them just bring to mind certain elements. The limbic system is connected. The smell is connected to the brain, which links it to emotional experiences. When you smell certain cookies, you could bring back, be brought back to your grandmother's house. You could be brought back to home. When a certain soup triggers a memory, a smell and a sight and a taste triggers a memory. Oh my gosh, this tastes exactly like the chicken I had when I studied abroad in Israel 10 years ago. 
even more than that. By now, it's like uh, 14 years ago. Oh, my gosh. So many years ago, when I was 18 and I went to this amazing little place, Salava Shalom Tarantino's Peace Be Upon It, it's no longer extant. It uh, The business died out. I believe it's not there, but that was probably some of the best chicken I've ever had in my life. They made it such a cool way to wrap a tiny store in the middle of uh, of the street in Jerusalem, in Yerushalayim, in Israel. And then there was another time I went on a hike um, with one of our rabbis, one of our, our mentors, and he made like this on-the-go chicken on this makeshift grill, this, this throwaway grill, which we have a few of them, and also some of the best chicken I've had. So when I have chicken like that, it reminds me, sometimes it can trigger for me, wow, this is the chicken I had 14 years ago. Wow, this, this banana bread is exactly like the, the bread I had growing up that my mom made. Wow, this, this soup that my wife made reminds me of 15 years ago when I was on a random program, you know, food has such a power for the love of food. We should appreciate food and understand to live, to be able to be involved in many aspects, but not to live to eat. Understanding we eat to live and eating is necessary and fundamental and it's important part of our day, but there are ways to go about it, to understand how to approach it, how to be involved with it. There's so many aspects to allow us to feel more functional, independent. Practice makes perfect. If you love food, you want to be in the kitchen, you don't have to be a gourmet chef. You could very simply do it. You follow recipes, you get cookbooks, you could watch cooking shows, you could watch the blogs, read the blogs, listen to the blogs, but for the love of food, be involved with it. I end up loving to cook. I never cooked in my life until we got married. And that's been already around seven and a half, almost eight years in the making. So practice makes perfect. And if you love food like I love food in the right ways, you have the right dishes and whatnot, be involved, get involved. Make your life more spicy in the food element, more tasty in the food element, more fun in the food element. So join us next time as we talk about For the Love of Kitchen Appliances here on OT Talk with Mr. T. Sorry we went a little over. And join us next time. I'm your host. Mr. T.